0: 6th of June, and the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is 32-27, and 27, and in first place, what do you do now if you're Ben Charrington? What do you do? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Karachowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Uh, Pirates beat the A's five to four in probably not the prettiest game that's been played all summer at PNC Park. Some of that I'm sure, actually a lot of that I'm sure, had to do with the opponent being as awful as it is, but you know what? you got to grind those out, you got to take care of business. You gotta take two out of three from a team like Oakland. Johan Oviedo got through seven innings, two earned runs, three total. Andrew McCutcheon with three walks, a sack fly, and I'm not even scratching the surface of all the little stuff that he achieved. And there it was, a sixth consecutive victory now. It's beginning to get to the point where we're not debating whether or not this is real or sustainable or whether you're beating a bad team or a good team or whether or not you can take care of your boogeymen with the Cardinals or win on the road as they had just done in taking two out of three from a pretty good San Francisco team out there, tying a franchise record with seven home runs in Seattle just before that, we're now starting to get to the stage where things are going to start bunching up at the big league level. And when I say that, I'm referring, of course, to potential call-ups from Indianapolis. Significant call-ups, not the Josh Palacios, uh, Chase DeYoung variety. Ben Charrington met with reporters at the ballpark in the home team's dugout Before the game yesterday, and more than half of the questions he'd end up taking were about Henry Davis and or Andy Rodriguez, who are both kind of banging down the door in Indianapolis. Henry, of course, should never have been in double A this year. He was there so that they could split him up. And make sure that they both got catching reps in. Andy didn't get off to a great start offensively. He's really coming around now. And they're both playing different positions at times. While also catching about half of their respective minor league teams games. So you would think that would work in Indianapolis. With them kind of dovetailing off each other. And then also being able to play elsewhere. On the diamond, Davis has been in right field, and he's been at first base. Charrington was asked about that specifically, about the the breakdown of their positions and how they would coexist in Indianapolis, and then ultimately in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we, you know, we decided to see them both play on that team, and then I just think it's important to note also that. That's something we've got to be open to and, and thinking about all the time. But um, I think overall, we feel good about the catching group that's in the major leagues, and we're excited to see what Henry and Edie do together in Indy. You know, one annoying thing, one of many annoying things that reporters do, is parse little statements that executives, or general managers, even managers, will make. And I'm gonna take the nitpick tool out here. And point out that near the end of that statement that you just heard there, the Charrington said, down the road, if there are ways to improve the team, that's something we have to be open to and thinking about all the time. Now, he said that in reference to appreciating the efforts that have been made at the big league level by both Austin Hedges and Jason DeLay. And boy, did Hedges have a game last night, huh? I mean, with the bat, but also with that big caught stealing late in the game. But I can't help but interpret that remark in that context, talking about the one or two catchers who will come up and then talking about the one or two catchers that he already likes at this level. And thinking to myself that he's saying, look, if we got to move somebody, we got to move somebody. Now, of the guys who are here, delay would obviously be the first to go. And he's kind of lost some of that early luster that he had. And I was saying at the time, and I know I sounded like a total buzzkill, but his hits were just so soft. None of it looked sustainable. It just looked like the luckiest string of base hits you'll ever see. Little flares off the knob, just finding grass somewhere. And he's not that great defensively. He's solid. He's sound. But he's not somebody you'd keep in the majors for you know, for his glove or his presence behind the plate. Hedges, I don't think, had a great start in that regard, but he's sure starting to show that now. And one of the other things that Charrington brought up regarding Hedges yesterday that was interesting, I thought, was that Hedges has worked with the young pitchers with no help From the dugout and calling games. As Charrington pointed out, the pitch clock really makes that close to impossible. They can find ways to get signs in for certain situations, but they're not calling pitches. Hedges is doing that. And unless it's Rich Hill on the mound out of this group, as Charrington further noted, these are kids. And last night, when you're looking at Oviedo, he's a kid, he's still fairly new. To the majors. Rwanda Contreras, Luis Ortiz. They're kids. So, you know, cap tip to hedges. In, in part because he had the couple of hits. You like to see him not be just this total space suck in the lineup, you know? You'd like to see him at least be around, I don't know, 200 or, or whatever. But overall, what's way more intriguing in all of this? is that Charrington now sounds like he's poised to move up not one, but both of these terrific hitting prospects. And look, if they come and they share this or that, and they have one in right field and one at first base, Hedges starts certain games because of this pitcher or that pitcher, that's why you sit down before the game every day and look at all the information that you've got and make out the lineup that you think can win that game that night. If you have Henry and Andy here, you've got a better chance of doing that. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, Today's J1Q comes from Phil who asks, DK, to what extent does the timing of announcing a prospect's promotion to Pittsburgh have to do with selling tickets? Will the front office have actual discussions about drumming up a buzz and making it happen on a homestand? Or is it simply a baseball ops decision that happens in a silo based on the prospect's development and or service time? Phil here's what I know from the inside so I don't sometimes I have to speculate or guess on these things I, I'm not in that position here I can tell you exactly how this works because I've heard it many times both with previous management and with this one when they bring up somebody of note who they feel is going to Drum up not just ticket sales, but also general interest. That can be TV ratings, whatever it is. They do want to have and do expect to have notice from baseball ops. In this case, we're obviously referring to Ben Charrington. So they've been through that a couple of times now already. You'll recall with the late season promotions of O'Neill Cruz and Rowanzi Contreras, not quite the same thing. It was at the very end of the season. The season was a complete disaster, or whatever. But you'll also recall there was real buzz for both of those. Rowanzi pitched well to his credit. Contreras comes up for a weekend, hits a home run, gets everything out of his system, all the early butterflies and everything, and it made for a pretty nice little. Welcome for all involved. And let's remember that that's how you sell season tickets, meaning the off season. That's the last thing people saw. Now, Ben doesn't get involved in that part. But what they will ask, as you pointed out yourself there in your question, is, hey, can you not do this when the team is out in San Diego or something and playing at 1030 at night Eastern time? Can you not do that? So the way this will work, again, from the inside, is that Ben will let them know, hey, we feel like Henry's ready. We feel like Andy's ready. We feel like Quinn Priester's ready. They will inform the business side. That's Ben communicating with Travis Williams. It's not the other way around. There just happens to be an understanding that, hey, if he comes up on this day or that day or if we have – Two or three or four days, heads up, we can prepare this and that material and promote in different ways. There's nothing wrong with this. They are a business and they do not sell all of their tickets, still, you might have heard. And that also can impact baseball because if you sell more tickets, you're making more money. If you have higher ratings, maybe someday you'll figure out a way to sell more. Who knows what that process is going to be? You know, TV subscriptions, however that works, since cable is about to bite the dust. So if you're asking this and you didn't explain why, but if you're asking this because, hey, I really don't want to miss, you know, Henry's first game, Andy's first game, you're not going to. You're not going to. You're also not going to see either of them debut on the road. You might see it at the very end of a road trip, meaning you'll find out about it just before the Pirates are about to come home for a series or a homestand. But you, you will not see them debut on the road. that That's just no. Okay, it's not going to happen. I appreciate the question. Very good one. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.